This is the RoboJuice Podcast, where we believe that taking the worry out of web comes from working a plan, using a proven process, and building a solid platform. I'm Kevin Dees, and I'm here today with Seth Schultz. Uh, Seth is the co-founder of Event Expresso. It's a plugin for WordPress. He has gone from homeless to helping businesses sell tickets through events to over $100 million per year. So Seth knows a thing or two about helping people manage events and not only that, but also building a solid business. He's also served us in the military, so we thank you for that as part of the International Guard. Seth, welcome to the show. Great. Thank you for having me. When did all of this start for you? Event Expresso, military, what's your story? Around 20 years ago, um, right after high school, I joined the military and I had set some pretty big goals to, uh, you know, to get there. I, you know, came from a family that didn't have any motivation in life, I guess you could say. <laughs> and so joining the military, you know, was a big, big step for me as because most of my family hadn't been to college or anything like that. They never explored furthering their education or anything like that. Um, so I joined the military. I had some pretty lofty goals. I wanted to wanted to work on airplanes and be an aircraft engineer, that type of thing. And um, eventually I kind of lost my way. Um, after being in the military, I, I, you know, things didn't exactly work out as planned. There was not a lot of room for, for personal improvement, I felt, in the, in the position that I had landed in. And so I served my time, you know, did my thing. I worked on airplanes. I even learned how to take x-rays of cockpits of airplanes looking for, like, you know, staples or pencil leads that may have fallen into a, you know, a cockpit of a, of a jet aircraft. It was, it was pretty neat. I, you know, I was pretty happy to be there. But when I got back into civilian life, there wasn't many places for me to, to go in, in, in the aircraft industry. A lot of people were, were losing their jobs and, the, you know, it was really hard to find a job. And so I started delivering pizzas and falling into the, in kind of like the wrong crowds, hanging out with people who were drinking and, and partying and doing drugs and that type of thing. And so that was another step in, in losing my way in life. And so eventually I woke up one day and had figured I had to make a change or I was going to end up in a ditch somewhere. <laughs> I hitchhiked out of that out of Arizona, and I ended up in Salt Lake City, Utah, of all places, where I uh, slept behind a church, living in the homeless shelter for a few days, that type of thing. Um, so eventually, I worked, I worked my way up, um, you know, while living living behind a, a, the, a church in downtown Salt Lake City, and I'd wake up every day around 4 a.m., 5 a.m., and hustle down to the day later places and get in line to work in hopes to... Uh, Get, get a decent day job or get a decent job for the day. And uh, so I did that for a long time. I did that for, for about a year or so until I finally uh, found uh, a steady, steady work environment and got into an apartment and that type of thing. And then I, at the time, I was, I was working at a butcher shop <laughs> and uh, I was bringing home meat every day, you know, some thin steaks or whatnot. And I would cook for the but the other people in the in the apartment complex were all pretty much broke, and so I made new friends. You know, it became popular. <laughs> it became popular, yes. I 
made a few new friends and they're like, Hey, we know some, some ladies and we're going out on a, you know, we're going out dancing tonight or, or it was actually to sing karaoke at a place at this, uh, place where a lot of older uh, people would hang out. <laughs> it was like a, it was called club 90 cause it was like a seniors bar, but they had, it was, it was fun to go play go to sing karaoke. And so I ended up meeting my wife at this place and she was in college at the time. She so she wasn't 90. No, she wasn't 90. <laughs> she was one of the, one of the younger people, one of the uh, five or six of us, you know, that were in our, our, when our twenties at that time. So, uh, so during that time, um, or after that time, after we got married, she became a, a scrapbooking, uh, uh, demonstrator. I was going, I started going to school at ITT Technical uh, Institute and started out, started learning about computers and, and electronics, but I quickly lost focus in that and started uh, studying website design um, and development instead. And then after a few years of building websites, um, I started getting requests, you know, for more advanced functionalities such as online stores, uh, registration systems and other types of database-driven systems. So I pivoted again, and I started to focus on uh, PHP programming and MySQL development. From there, I went on to build uh, simple content management systems and you know database-driven websites for customers and that type of thing. You're becoming this programmer. How did this Event Expresso thing start for you? It was around the time I figured I could make some money at like website development. I had a I had a job at the Department of Transportation and I needed to I needed to have back after well, let's see. I was actually working there at the Department of Transportation for about a year. Um, and I needed back surgery. And so I ended up losing my job and basically decided to start creating websites full time. So I registered a business and started to do some do some things, um, like I already said, building more advanced websites. And so my wife, being a, a Stampin' Up! demonstrator and doing scrapbooking stuff, she she needed a system for, for people to RSVP and or basically register for her uh, for workshops and classes that she was holding from home and to set payments for those workshops. You know, I was dab dabbling with WordPress by that time and WordPress had had a few thousand, I think it was around 5,000 plugins. This is around 2008, I, I believe, or 2009. Very early. Yeah. Very early. There's a couple plugins that did events, and there was only like one, there was one plugin at the time that handled event registration. And so I downloaded that plugin, and the only thing it was missing, it was missing a way to make payments. I uh, contacted, or I tried to reach out and contact the, the web or the uh, the plugin developer, and I got nothing back but crickets for several several weeks. And so um, I started I started tearing apart the code, looking at the back end code, and I was like, all right, I'll just add PayPal. And then I ended up adding some more features. And I was like, I reached, I tried, I gave one more chance. So I was like, hey, I added some some new features and a, and a payment gateway to your plugin. Do you want to check it out or anything? Nothing but crickets again. <laughs> so it seemed like he had basically stopped, you know, supporting the plugin. And I ended up uh, releasing the plugin, uh, my own version of the plugin. I had, and by this time it was what six months or so. And I released it on the WordPress plugin re repository, and I started supporting it. I started, you know, answering one of the 
one of the things I told myself is I'm going to, if I'm going to release this, I'm going to answer questions and I'm going to, you know, do what I can to, to support it. And eventually it kind of grew into this thing where I was, you know, supporting it and building, building features, you know, full time, you know, for it. And so it was like, you know, I'm, I think I got something here. I'm going to, you know, build and start building a business around it. And so, you know, that's what I did. I, From practitioner to businessman. Right, right. And so, uh, so I ended up renaming the plugin. It was the original version. It was like advanced, or it was like events registration or something. With events registration with PayPal is what I had called it. Right. And so it's a plugin repository for about a year or so. And, and uh, I had been creating all these features. And so I renamed it to Event Espresso. I renamed the plugin to Event Espresso. I registered um, the, the business name, Event Espresso LLC, and um, registered a website um, for the name and stuff like that. And started, started a you know, blogging on the eventespresso.com website about the plugin and set up a shopping cart, some type of a PayPal script that I had found. That's the very beginning. What is Event Espresso today as a business? As a business, Event Espresso, you know, it's grown from from just one person. I bring I brought on a co-founder and in 2011 we entered into a into the Utah Entrepreneur Challenge wrote a business model or a 30 page business plan in this competition and, and did a pitch event and all this stuff and ex went to like an exhibition for the plugin. And we ended up winning, uh, winning the grand prize of $40,000 for the contest. And since then as a business, we've, we've grown to, I think we have 10 or 11 employees now and distribute that's a distributed work and working remote <laughs> employees by the way um from all over the world and our power our plugin is powering you know our event espresso plugin is powering um i think it's around 40,000 40 to 50,000 websites that we're tracking um and we're estimating that those websites are probably bringing in anywhere from 100 100 million to possibly a Two or three hundred million in ticket sales every year. And then on top of that, we've also built um, we've built a, a business, a cloud-based or software as a service, or maybe even want to call it a website as a service business. Right. <laughs> where, where we um, where that business is called EventSmart, and it's a service that allows customers to sell to have event websites so you can spin up an event website um, on eventsmart.com and basically power your entire event with ticket sales and payments and everything in between we have a calendar system and, and that type of thing and that's powering over 18,000 uh, event websites um, as of now, it's powering about 18,000 websites. And we estimate on that one at least 500,000 ticket sales every month from that platform. That's amazing. I mean, that's, that's a great accomplishment to go from finding someone else's tool, seeing the right. need, taking right. that tool and saying, hey, you know, 
I'm not just going to build a plugin. I'm going to build a business. Right. And then not only building a business for yourself, but also helping other businesses grow themselves through this event platform. And now, obviously, you speak at events and you do a multitude of other things. But along the way, you have you have to have run into a failure or two mm-hmm. <laughs> building this. Tell us one right. of those stories. Right, right. I guess uh, I guess I'm more of a more of the glasses half full type of person. So I see failure as a you know I see the term failure as a more of a pessimistic uh, term for the experience of learning you know new things in the the hard way. I guess you know. Um, you know, one of the one of the biggest, one of the toughest learning experiences, I guess, has been hiring the wrong people. Um, hiring the wrong people can actually be very detrimental to your business. Um, for instance, we had a we had contracted an employee that was secretly building a competing plugin and business, all while all while billing us for development time on our own systems that wasn't actually happening. Happening. <laughs> You know, and the guy he ended up he ended up so he ended up releasing a plugin and building a business and and you know sent us a nasty email and you know and stuff like this saying we were we we're uh, <laughs> I can't remember I think he said we were being selfish or something. Anyways, long story short, short we're still successful and you know, but to overcome some of this, we try to hire people that we think will fit well with our company with our company culture, our values, and our long-term vision. You know, we work hard now. We work hard to better employees or basically contractors and make sure they're driven and and, and get along well with our uh, with the rest of our staff. As well as you know, we also have procedures um, in place to help people keep people honest. Such as having all all the code you know that's written is reviewed by fellow developers, um, and our email and support discussions are also reviewed by other support engineers. Um, and we found that some of our, our more more vocal uh, customers even make great employees, as as we've hired a few of them over the years. <laughs> you said something. You said you have to have a solid vision, and mm-hmm. from our standpoint at RoboJuice, we. I mean, that's something that we press into our clients all the time is you have to have a certain amount of focus to be successful. And certainly with the Espresso, you've shown that you've done that. You could have gone and made other plugins, but you stuck specifically to events. And you said, this is our vision. We're going mm-hmm. to essentially dominate this space of events within the WordPress plugin community. How important has that been to you? it's been pretty important to stay focused and, you know, I've always, I've always kept a high level roadmap of where I see, where I envision everything, you know, where I envision the plugin and and our services. Like I said, I've always kept a high level roadmap of where I wanted to see the company. And, and I've always conveyed that to my team ever since the very beginning to my co-founders, to my wife, to my family, my friends, everybody. I've always said that I, I want uh, I want to be the best ticketing plugin for WordPress. I want to compete against the biggest players with an open source platform, you know. And so, keeping having tools in place to keep me focused um, has been has been uh, a major benefit to to having you know to keeping those goals. What are some of those tools? Yeah, for instance, I use uh, we use Codebase um, for like our for 
for tracking issue tickets or ideas, you know, that they may come up in the forums and the support forums or by support staff or whatnot. So it's basically like a, it's a development tool for, you know, tracking bugs and things like that. We use it to track almost anything, you know, any idea that someone on the team has, we'll make a ticket for it and put it in, in code base and it's tracked. And we can, if the feature is, is developed, we can close it out. We can close out the ticket. And another thing is, is we use uh, that's been very helpful is, is using Trello to help maintain maintain our focus and, and keep us on the right path. So Trello Trello is kind of a, a project management uh, tool. It's a basically like a it's like a board where you might place sticky notes and stuff. I don't, I don't know if you're if you're familiar with Trello, but it's kind of it's been it's been it's been a great tool to help us you know like I said keep focus and, and maintain maintain our path um, I guess but however you know it's it, it hasn't always been easy to maintain focus especially with you know with, with so many grandiose ideas flying around you know in everybody's heads and stuff like that you know we I do have to credit my uh, my development and support teams for for helping to keep focus as well. You know the uh, the, the team as a team we believe in open communication. Um, so if they have any if they have any they have no issues with telling me my ideas stink or, or that I should hold off in developing X because Y is more important to our customers. It has to take a certain level of humility to be able to <laughs> receive input. You know because you started this. You know, right, right. and to receive input from other people around you to create that culture, you know, that's real leadership there. So it's it's very interesting to hear you say that. One of the things that run, you run into whenever you talk to somebody who's developed a piece of software is the customer comes and they say, can you add this feature? How about you do this? So the customer gets very ingrained in your business because they're passionate about what you're doing, but in order to keep that focus, you have to say no sometimes. Right, right. How do you say no? How do you go about it? Well, like I said, we have a we, we use Trello and we, we provide a public roadmap. And you know, one of the things we, we tell customers is we try to build solutions that work for you know eighty to ninety percent of our of our overall customer base. If you are looking for a feature or, or a solution that only may fit 10, 5 to 10 percent of our customer base. You know, you're probably not going to be a good customer. Or if you really want the solution you're looking for, you can hire a, a third-party developer. And we we have a list of third-party developers on our on our website. Getting back to like the Trello and the, and the roadmap, the roadmap gives us is a perfect place to send customers and say, this is where we're going. Check and see if your feature's on there first. And if it is there, vote for it. And if you really, really want to take the incentive and take on or want us to take on one of these features because it's very important to you, maybe you could support it in some way. Maybe you could uh, uh, sponsor this feature, basically. So we have we allow customers to sponsor features that we feel are important to, to the overall customer base. So, 
Otherwise, you know, we, we give you the tool, we give you uh, a directory. We can send customers to a directory of, of developers and say, here you go. You know, you can hire one of these guys and they'd be perfect for helping you add this feature you really need. That's, I think that's really incredible. Instead of saying no to customers, which I'm sure you have to say a general knows everyone's, but you're overall inviting them into the conversation and saying, hey, if you want to be a part of this, your ideas are welcome, but here's how you can focus your energy. You can vote on things that we've already decided as a company. So we're not necessarily saying no, we're just saying, here's where you direct, you can direct your focus. And it's not only just direct your focus into kind of this nebulous space of, here's just a list of random features. What you're talking about is this Trello thing you're using to create a plan, a roadmap, like you said, for an espresso. So the customer has input and ability to, to speed up and uh, impact that plan. They're not changing the plan, but they're helping make that plan move along. I think that's that's really incredible how you are doing that. Another cool thing about that approach too is is that sometimes the developers that you know they may implement some type of a solution which is very niche for even our we're in a very niche industry per, per se within WordPress and stuff like that. So you might we might have a developer that will, will build an add-on or build some type of a customization for a customer and then turn around and release that add-on or that that feature um, for sale on their own website. And then we can now, they're one of the developers in our the community, they, we, can, we can now promote that, that tool or that new feature or that new add-on on our website. So we have like a third-party plugins directory as well. So it kind of creates a symbiotic relationship by sending people off to a third-party developer and stuff. In the WordPress world, community is a really big deal. What are the, the marketing tactics outside of this community or maybe a part of it that have worked for Event Expresso? Our biggest impact is as far as a marketing aspect is probably search engine optimization. You know, search engine optimization has been a, a very important factor since the very since the beginning of Event Espresso. I was writing content, you know, writing support documents and some answering uh, or creating a support forums on the website from the very beginning. Word of mouth by attending uh, WordCamps and WordPress meetups, that type of thing is, is probably where we get most of our most of our traffic. And I can't leave off WordPress.org was very, very instrumental in the founding of Vanespresso because WordPress.org was a great marketplace for free plugins. And anyone looking for event ticketing or event registration would find us on, on WordPress.org. And WordPress.org also adds, you know, is very well optimized for search engines as well. Those, I think those are probably the biggest factors. Other than that, we use, we use AdRoll for retargeting uh, customers. We sponsor WordCamps. Uh, we sponsor WordPress meetups. Um, and we attend we attend events, you know, in our industry. We attend uh, Word WordPress events. We attend like a Loop Conference, and our our developers and our support team also attend attend these same events and speak at some of these events. My one of our uh, one of our developers, Mike uh, Mike Michael Nelson, is actually speaking at WordCamp Seattle here next month, and he's giving a a talk on contributing to open source software. 
and he actually created a video with Boone Georges, and they had never met in real life. They filmed the whole video, entire video, from their parts of the world. One person filmed filmed themselves or had somebody film themselves and then doing something, and then uh, the other person in his home state was had someone filming him. And it was they put this thing together, and it's just totally amazing. But um, that's how we that's how kind of our marketing is uh, is getting out, uh, talking to people, uh, taking care to take making sure that we're writing good content and um, you know offering great great customer support. You mentioned culture in the very beginning. We'll, we'll kind of wrap up the the business Q and A right with this. How how are you building that? Like, what are the things that you are doing? You know. Your guys are going to speak at events. I'm guessing you're probably helping handle some of those costs. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the things that you're doing to build culture? What can other businesses do to build culture where their team wants to go out and talk about what they're working on in their day-to-day? I think it's pretty multifaceted. One of the things that we, like I touched on earlier, is that we're very open. We, we communicate regularly uh, via Slack. Uh, Slack, the uh, what would you call Slack? It's like a chat tool. Yeah, it's, chat program. Yeah. Um, so it's a chat program. We use we we've always used some type of a chat program since the very beginning. You know, to keep in touch. Uh, we we would hold weekly meetings. You know, video like Google Hangouts or Skype Hangouts. A lot of times in chat, we talk about pers- we talk about personal stuff. We talk about what we're reading, you know, what books we're reading and that type of thing. And we've also put up like message boards, internal message boards, so we can collaborate on ideas, basically talk about features and talk about our goals with the, with the company and stuff like that. Like I said, it's all open. We prefer open, honest discussions with our, our team. If somebody's having a bad time, you know, they come in and ping somebody and chat privately if they want, you know, or they can tell, they can talk about their problems with all of it. You know, we're, we're pretty, uh, we're, we're non-judgmental and, and we're, and we're very, you know, what do you call it? Uh, <laughs> I can't find the right term for it, but we're, we're, we're a very friendly and, and open group, I guess, you know, and that kind of, I think that really helps. We borrow a lot from, from the WordPress community. We look at the values and try to copy that. I think, you know, it's, we've been successful at it. None of us are perfect. You know, we have our, we have our bad days and we have our ups and downs and we have our freak outs and stuff like that. But at the core, we're all basically a family. Most of us have been working together since, you know, since the early stages of the Venespresso. If there's one thing you can leave people with, Mm-hmm. What is it? It can be anything, business, life. <laughs> I would say probably, uh, you know, the best time to plant a tree is, is 20 years ago, but the second best time is now, right? It's, it's never too late to start. You know, it's never too late to, to start over. It's never too late to, to redesign your website. It's never too late to rebuild your software. Just get it done. Even if you just spend five minutes a day working on something, you're getting, you're putting your best foot forward. Seth? Thank you so much for being on the show. I know you're a busy man, so just to have you on is a great pleasure. Very much appreciated. Thank you for having me. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. 
If you felt like you just got a lot of value, if you felt like you had any worry or any stress about the web and now it's gone, we would love to see a five-star review from you on iTunes. At RoboJuice, we make it our goal to come alongside you and give you the direction that you need by helping you establish a plan so you can be successful on the web. That goes far beyond just doing a social media campaign or building a website. We want to help you establish a solid plan that's not just going to make you successful today, but also further down the line. If you're interested in creating a plan that's going to help map you to success, whatever your vision or your mission is for your business, we want to help you get there. And you can talk to us. We'd love to hear from you at robojuice.com. That's robojuice.com. Again, thank you so much for listening to the show, and I hope you have a good one.